Isn't it good to be in the house this morning? Would you look at your neighbor and say, man, you look good today. And the neighbor looked back at that, that person just asked that question or said that to you and tell them I am made in the image of, but thank you. But, uh, you know, and, and Steve is right. I, I love to joke and play, but, um, you know, during this time, you know, especially um, this time of ministering, like I said, it's been a while, you know, there for a few years we were getting to go and travel a little bit here, there and in town and maybe a little bit out of town to, to spread the word of God and do other things. And uh, but it's been a while. We had a lot last year. You know, Michaela left, went to the Navy, uh, done all her stuff. And it was a really a rough year for our time frame. And uh, we missed out on a lot just trying to de- devote a little bit of that time to her and family time. Um, but like I said, it's, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, the words of God still the same. But I want to say this and I mean this. Y'all some good looking people. And it is easier to spread the word of God to pretty people than it is to ugly folks. You don't take that the wrong way. I'm not talking about ugly people. God loves them too. They're made in the image. But we got a house full of good looking folks here this morning. But um, the topic I want to get on today, and like I said, I had it timed out uh, to three hours and 45 minutes. And I figured we're good for that. We got sausage balls. We got... Uh, donuts out back, plenty of coffee, plenty of water, so we can buckle in for the long haul on that one. Um, so all the jokes out of the way, we're good. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this time we have together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for ministering to us. Thank you for all the things that you did so long ago, Father, to, to set up in our eyesight the things that we can look forward to, the things we need to steer away from, and the things that we need to press into. And Father, as we go through today, bless my words. Bless it that your spirit will be in folks, Father, to prick the hearts of all those that need it, to bless those that need it, to heal those that need it, and, Father, to prosper us all in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. But this is kind of a hard message for me. This is a a different type of encouragement. I really got to stay on my notes today because I'm one about wandering around the world to get to one point. So I really want to stay in here. And it's kind of a serious note to me because it's kind of been a serious journey. Uh, You know, me and Pastor Stephen, we started talking a couple years ago or a year ago uh, every morning after practice. And since October, November, I've been in the book of Hebrews, just the first three chapters. And I have really been going through this. I mean, just really pressing in on what that means and why it is. I'm a very contextual Christian. Christian, I want to know. I want to know what's going on, who's saying what, why are they saying it, what's going on, what's the temperature. I want to know every detail I can find out about that scripture or what's going on inside it. Why did you refer to Psalms? What is in Psalms that I need to know? You know, it's just like Jesus when he talked to Nicodemus, he told him, he said, you're a teacher of Israel, but you missed it. What did he miss? That's the kind of things I get into. But today, this is a big message. It's, it's a shotgun message. It's going to hit a lot of points. It's to make you think. It's not, number one, to deal with salvation itself. Just like Romans 10 says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you believe that he went to that cross, went to that grave, seated at the right hand of the Father, you're saved, right? And you keep pressing into that, and your faith is poured into that. You're saved. This is nothing about that. This is about a journey, a walk with us. And um, 
We've got to cross some rabbit holes today to get to this part. That I do want to say first and foremost. But I want to bring this up real quick as we head down this road. Number one, the Advent season started this. December 17th to be exact. And if you want to go back and look, Pastor Stephen gave a message on Hebrews 1. A really good explanation on that. Please go back and watch it. It's going to bless you. But as we pulled into January, that's where it all really set fire for me. January the 7th, Pastor Stephen gave a message uh, about, a, about a conversation, about a man. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Go back and watch it. Watch all four weeks because it's really good. It's an extra blessing, I'll call it. But January the 7th, he made a deal and he said, uh, he's talking to some fellows. Everybody would ask him, how you doing? We give the same response. But he come up with that and he said, I have things to celebrate and things to contend with. And that's where I got started today, and that's where I want us to keep following into. I wish it could have been a big series, but I'm not God, and I'm not preaching it. And maybe one day we'll get back to it, but today's not that day. I want to finish out my thoughts on contending and celebration inside that month that we spoke about, which, like I said, he said he wanted to bless somebody, to encourage somebody. He did. It was me. So always understanding that uh, these messages, man, they are, sometimes we don't think and get but one word out of an hour's worth, two weeks worth of studying diligently, and you get one word. And I've told him that, and he's looked at me like, Lord bless me, Jesus. I mean, all this time I've done studying, you got one word. But that was the word he needed. I'm just messing with him. So I come up, and I want to go with this route. Because I told the Lord, I said, we got to, man. He said, you're right, let's do it. Now, that's just not a conversation. That's just me talking to me. But it all started with the celebration. And I'm thinking, just like he said, what's something we can celebrate every day? What is a celebration that we could have every day? And it come up to Luke 10, 17. Do you remember the 72 that went out? They went out. Jesus sent them out. They come back all excited. Jesus, you're not going to believe this, man. You're not. Jesus. The demons would just do what we say. What did Jesus' response say? He said, I seen Satan fall like uh, lightning from the sky. He gave them all the explanations, but he gave them one thing that I think we can hold on to to really concrete that celebration and contention in, in our own lives. These are things that make us think and make us work. And that is your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Your name, you can celebrate every day, even on your deathbed, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Every day you wake, all you have to say is, my name is written with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Noah, all under the heading of Jesus. Amen? I can celebrate that. No reason why I can't. But on the other side of it, we got some things we got to contend with. And that's why we're here today. And that's why I want to kind of press into a little bit more of a, a serious time. And I heard a, a, a pastor a couple of weeks ago, he, he had a phrase and he used, and I want to use it. And I've heard Pastor Stephen speak his name, so I know he's credible. But he said these words, he said, salvation is free. We don't talked about that. But being a disciple of Christ is going to cost you. I want to say it one more time. Salvation is free. But being a disciple is what's going to cost. And that's where I want to start today in Hebrews chapter 1. And uh, we're going to read just a little bit. 
And here again, we're not going to draw out the context. We're not going to get into all that. We're going to pretty much just go with the flow. We're going to read. And like I said, everything that we're reading today is going to be, maybe you would think out of context, but we're using, drawing back, using the situation. Not so much as looking what he was saying, but look why he was saying it. So looking at the context of it. And um, as we pull into Hebrews chapter 1, let's just start in 1. If you're there with me, say amen. That does give you time to get a drink of water, don't it? In the past, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through him he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by the power of his word. After he had provided purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high in heaven. So he became much superior to the angels as the name as he inherited is superior to theirs. And that's where we're going to stop. Did anybody catch it? I didn't either. I've read this, oh my gosh, since October, November. But it goes back to a root. Like I said, I think I'm in the, this is my work Bible, by the way. I think it's NIV. I'm not sure. But it goes back to a root word. And it's in verse 3. I said, the radiance of God. And I said, hmm, okay, got it. But when it said the exact representation of his being. That caught my eye and I really started investigating what that word meant. And your version may say his nature. And if that's the word we want to use today is his nature. He is exact representation of God's nature. And I kept going, so am I. No, no, no. I'm just made in the image of. He's not only made in the image of, he is the exact representation of of God's nature. So we have to ask the question today, what's God's nature? Can you define it? If you can, write it down on paper. I would love to read it. I have really, really struggled with this one is how do you say what's God's nature? So I really had to, and I told Pastor Stephen about this Wednesday, I said, man, I really had to press in and see and read a lot of stuff to understand God's nature. And and I promise you, it's, it's, a, it's a long road to hoe. But I found something I think that maybe adds some life. You're really intellectual and love definition of things. I think this will spur you, so I'll try to do the best I can. Number one, God is holy. Holy is other, different, set apart from anything else, separate, sacred, and set apart. That's why he says, I am that I am. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the Holy One. He is also omnipotence. God is all powerful. Everything everything consists with God's nature. All things are possible. How about omnipresence? God is present everywhere. uh, And I want to say this while I'm in this realm right here. It's not Satan, okay? Everybody goes, oh, not today, Satan. You're not going to mess with me. He's just one. A lot of times you're just fighting with yourself. And that's why I wanted to do this nature. Because a lot of times I fight with Kemper a lot more than I ever fight with the devil. If he's on you, you'll know it. 
But I promise you, you stay in Christ, he'll stay far from you because you know how to battle him now. But um, like I said, he's, he's not that. He's just one person. So I always said this, if he's on you or you, guess who he ain't on? Me. That's right. Another reason to celebrate. But just being honest is omnipresence is God is present everywhere at the same time, everything in him. Omnibelevenance. God is good. All good. All the time. All loving. That's a big one. Then this one here, my wife had to help me with a pronunciation on it. So I'm going to say it like I got it wrote. Um. <laughs> Omniscience. I love my wife. She's a good woman and smart. Omniscience. God is all-knowing, past, present, and future. So I'm going to ask you a question. How much of that I just told y'all did y'all understand? How much? And that's what brought me to this message. And when I said it had to be a little bit more serious, a little bit more intense. I don't want to bring it down to a point. I want it to be big. I want your mind to expand and say, uh, well, well, uh, Abraham done this or Moses done this. I want it to bring in a lot of scripture and let the Lord sort through you how you can change your nature to his by understanding. By understanding. But the one I come up with the most is God cannot lie. He cannot lie. There's no lie in him. You know why? Because he's all truth. Wasn't it Jesus the one that said? People don't know him in the Holy Spirit because they weren't looking for him because he's the truth. And inside of that truth is where we find, and all these words combined, is where we find who God truly is. But I still don't understand it. I need to go a little deeper, so we're going to dig just a little bit more. So I want to take it this route. Let's don't take the situation. Let's look at the big whole picture. Adam and Eve. They sinned in the garden, right? They set everything apart for us. They ruined it all. What did God say? Come here, let me fix you some clothes. Let me put some clothes on you. But what else happened after that? He cast them out. So I'm seeing love, but love is coupled with, ju- with uh, judging, judgment. Anywhere God is that loves, he's a God of judgment as well. It works hand in hand. If you compare the two, you cannot discipline your kids without loving them, but you're judging them for what they did so they won't do it again. Follow me? That's what I'm getting at is love and judgment work together in such a way. What about Abraham? What about Abraham when he's walking up the mountain He's got his boy with him. They're going to sacrifice. They know what's going on. And they get up there and they see all these things. What do you think went through Abraham's mind? God's not a liar. Because if he kills this one, guess what? I'm going to get a new one. Because he's already made this promise. And everything that I have done inside of the Lord, inside of his word, for his goodness and glory, I've won. I've prospered. I've done these things. Sure, bad things have happened. But I've come out ahead. So if he promised me this, we got to figure out where this is coming from. And we got to move toward that. And I want to skip down to one of my favorite ones. Is we see God didn't lie. But I want to skip down to one of my favorite ones. And that's King Ahab. Let me read this a little bit to you. 
King Ahab was, was one of the greatest sinners in the presence of God. The reason I know this in 1 Kings 21, 25, there was never anyone. Can anybody say anyone? Anyone. Anyone like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. He behaved in the vilest of manners. Brother Richard's favorite word, but God. But God. Guess what God did? Now remember, anyone, we got a lot of people in Scripture, a lot of old kings that done some bad stuff, but God. Listen to what he says. In verse 28, then the word came to Elijah the Tisbite, have you not noticed how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because of all that humbling, I will not bring disaster on in his day. But I will bring disaster on his house in the days of his son. Fellas and ladies, I don't know about y'all. We've never done anything close to what he's done. But yet we condemn ourselves even deeper. This man, anyone, 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 that includes Cain. That includes anybody that done any more than he did. But the Lord seen him. In sackcloth and ashes, forgave him because he didn't let him see the demise of all that was around him. Isn't that a good God? Love and judgment. That's the way I come up to understanding how, how good God truly is and how to explain him. It's just love. He is love divided not. There's no division in love with him. It's pure undefiled love. And I know I want to go back to this one real quick. Um, because if Jesus is that exact representation, and he's our Savior and our Lord, and he died for us, who do we need to follow? It's not Kim Kardashian. It's not uh, Bruce Jenner. Or what a Caitlin. It's not any of them. It's not any of the Hollywood scene. Who do we need to follow? Who do we want our nature to be with? But when you change your nature, even for the, the school kids here today, what do you do? You lose your friends. You lose a lot. It costs. Salvation is free. But being a disciple is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you yourself. That's not a bad thing. Believe me. What Paul said when he said he dies to the cross every day. Hey, that's, that's what you got to do. Every day you pick up your cross. Every day you make a new. Every day you have a choice to choose him. But what give me... But what kills me and what makes me believe so much more and the reason why I say this... I'm pretty simple, and maybe somebody out there is as simple as I am. There's a lot of stuff I don't know, and I can't explain the definitions of, but I want to know more. But if you look into the stories of the Old Testament of how God deals with man and how he really shows us how much he truly, truly loves us, but he shows us his patience. He shows us his mercy and grace, his, his plan, 
his plan that he set forth from the beginning of the foundations of earth. He's revealing to us so that our faith may grow in him. And we ain't going to miss our turn. So what do we think of man? What's your definition of man? Please go home and write that. Email it to me. Send it to me on a text. I want to see your definition of man. Because I have seen a lot. But um, <laughs> what does it mean to be human? I, I heard a uh, apologist say one time, you cannot define that. You can only define of who you are. What's your interest, likes, loves, hates, or whatever it is. That's all you can define. But so check this out. So I found the definition. I want to read it to us if you don't mind. So human nature comprises of fundamental dispositions and characteristics, including ways of thinking, feeling, and acting that humans are said to have naturally. Did you understand that? I didn't either. I was so confused. I'm like, whew. somebody was sitting up late at night and go, I've got to write this down for the book report. Looks good. Sign off on it. Sounds good. But you don't understand it. It's like trying to explain God without looking at what he's done through each individual lens, each individual situation. And when I looked at this, I go, well, what about humans, Lord? What, what, what do we need to see inside of our nature? And that's where it got a little complicated. There's a lot. There's tons of verses. Whatever you come up with, lay it over your life. There's so much. You can see it all the way from Genesis to Revelation about mankind. But I just want to come up with just a couple real quick. Proverbs 6, 6, 16. And everybody knows. And I tried to pick verses that we were pretty familiar with that we could hold on to. Like I say, it's for us to take home with us. It's for us to think about. It's another avenue that we can travel down to see who we are, why we are in Christ and bring us a little closer with his nature. His nature. And that's a big one. So anyway, uh, Proverbs 6, 16 says this. There are six things that God hates. Seven that are attestable to him. Haughty eyes. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush to evil. A false witness who pours out lies. A person who stirs up conflict in the community. And brothers and sisters, I know as you heard and looked and seen, you've done one of them. And that's the cool part. you got a Savior. Don't condemn yourself for it. But I'm saying you see where you're at in your nature. Let's go down to chapter 20, verse 9. We say this. Who can say, I have kept my heart pure. I am clean and without sin. the reason I said that was I'm going to work. This has been two years ago. Two years ago. I think I just started coming back here and that morning I left. Everything was fine. I prayed when I got home or when I woke up, drank my coffee, read a few words, uh, watched uh, a pastor that I like to watch in the mornings, watched him a little on YouTube, got dressed, went to work, heading there, got all the way up to Mount Holly, turned and right in front of the Methodist church, I slid my truck over. And I said, what was that? I had something that happened to me when I was 20-something years old. Flashback. 
I'm listening to Caleb. I just pray. I, I feel like I'm full of the Holy Spirit. But all of a sudden, I've got a scene that I did when I was 20. And I did not understand it. And I said, Lord, what is this about? I'm shouting in my truck. I'm mad. What is this coming from? And why is it happening? I want to know. Man, I just sat still. I said, I am not believing this. But I said, Lord, would you take it away from me? And then I heard, I sure will. Did it leave immediately? No. Took a lot of prayer. It happened for almost three months. Something different in my past would regurgitate itself on me. And I was like, man, it's just the devil. No, it's just me. It's the wickedness that was in my heart. It's still getting out. It's still being purified. That's why we can't stop. And that's what I want to bring today is our nature continues, but we can't stop. The reason why I said that was he he mentioned we get to come back. And I think mine's in September, October, maybe. I don't remember when he said it was, but it's already written. It's already down on paper. It's hard. But it's more of a direct message, but it's called fear of the fall. It's tough. But it's about staying connected. It's about what Paul said in Colossians 3, 9. Do not lie to each other since you're, you're, you have taken off your old self with its practices. See, I was, I was taking that off. I was losing that skin off me. It just wasn't gone. But brothers and sisters, I ain't going to lie to you. I've never thought about it again. And I have tried to even ponder back what it was about. And I still don't know what it is. It just took a little time. But I had to keep pressing in. I had to keep praying over it. And I had to keep pushing to that point that I bent my nature to his. Amen. And that little spoiler alert, we got one more out of Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. You were taught with regard, Paul's telling the church, regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted up by deceitful desires. To be made new in attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true. Even Paul saying, you got to bend your nature, buddy. It's nothing that's going to come to you easy. You've got to bend. You can make the word of God sound where you can cheat on your wife and everything's good to go. But that ain't God's nature. You're just using his words for wrongness. But what I'm getting at is you've got to take this nature that you're with, that we've inherited, and move forward to Christ. There is so much to say on this material how much we need Jesus so bad every day and every way in our hearts, our minds, our fellowship, and our marriages, our jobs, just to keep down the old you. Amen. Taking on his nature that we have been made of to exist with the full representation of God, that is Christ Jesus, following his teachings and examples. Since we're down the road just a little bit, I just want to ask this question real, real quick. Do you remember the story about the 72? They, they come in and they were, what did you see there? Did you see arrogance and pride welling up? Could you see that, that, that when he said demons, he puffed up? They done what I said? They, they're, they're welling up inside with pride and arrogance because they're doing something great. Guess what? 
That's why Jesus said, you've done nothing. I gave you the power. I've showed you the power. But I gave you a reason to celebrate. This is what you need. Not that. Nothing to do with that. Get down the pride and arrogance. And like I said, that's, that's one thing that I have seen more times and over that is the killer, the absolute dissolute of man is pride. Would y'all mind turning back to, I want to read this real quick. Like I, said, I know we still got a little time, but like I said, I, I, I didn't mean it, but I want pastor to come up and pray over us, bless us and send us on our way. I'll give him time to think about that. But I want, I want that to happen. But I want us to turn, if you would, with me, to Mark chapter 7. It's real quick. The only reason I want you to open it or your device, I want you to highlight it, mark it down, do something with it. Remember it. Remember it. The context is they're talking about hand washing, the old traditions of the old. That's the context. Jesus is stomping it down. He's telling them a new way. And he talks about things that the, he gets kind of upset when the disciples ask him a question. Because he said, are you so dull? Do you not know? Can we start in verse 21? Mark chapter 7, verse 21. Because this is what Jesus says about man. For from within, out of a man's heart, come evil thoughts. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these things come from a man to make him unclean. And I've asked, I said, Lord, is that still inside of me? It is. I just got to put it down. Believe it or not, these here are so valuable to us. And I don't want to contradict myself, but I want you to know how valuable this is. Because this is the only way we can choose Christ for us. This is the only way you can ask him in to you is because you've sinned. This is the only way that God the Father can't say, Kipper, be saved, you're done. Walk forward, you're done. No, 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 no. Being a disciple cost. Salvation is free. We got things to celebrate. We got things to contend with. With that contention and that celebration side by side, it's just like love and judgment that we have something to work for every day. It's not going to stop. But man, look at the reward. Your name's written down. You're going to see your people. You're going to see old fathers. People you didn't know that you just read about. You're going to get to see God's face, Jesus. But I don't, I don't want us to leave it right there. But like I said, these are important to us because we get to choose Christ. And we get to choose to serve him or not serve him, to love him or not love him, to curse his name or praise his name. Either one. We get the choice by our nature being squashed down to the point of the level that we say, I don't feel right. This, this feels really, really weird. Can I show you all something? Real quick. Let's see if I can find it. I was doing this when I was playing bass this morning. This is the first place I ever raised my hands to God and told him, I don't care what people think, I'm going to serve you. Amen. By the way, the church used to be set up. Amen? Amen? Right there. 
I looked out there this morning. I said, I can't find my spot. But I think it's a little dark spot. I was sitting on the end row when I said, I don't care anymore. I am through worried about what people think about me and my choice to serve him. Amen. Amen. Give him a hand clap. He gave me the thought, the ability to overcome me. And inside of that's where I just really just, I melted. And I had done asked the Holy Spirit into me back in 96. He's there. He's present. He's working. He's still molded. I remember Sister Marty brought a thing up here one time. She had a message about the clay and how she molded. How it's not perfect till you're laying in the coffin. That's when it's perfection. Sorry. Spoiler alert. But he's always molding you. He's moving you. He's making you good for him. And you're wanting to resist that at some point. That's why I said we need to, we need to push in and press in on that. Uh, let's read this real quick. We still got a little time. Stay with me. But can we go to Philippians? Philippians chapter 1. We're not going to leave you hanging with what I just said. We're going to let Brother Paul get us out of here. He's going to teach us how to do these things. Philippians chapter 1. We're going to start up. Let's start up in, I don't know. Let's start up in verse 27 of 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. And I ask this, you might want to bookmark this for your own self to, to come back to it, to, to understand the two, the, what Jesus said in Mark 7, but to understand what Paul's leading us to out of the darkness in uh, Philippians 1. And it says these things, and here again, we're going to change the, change the mood to our nature being involved with other people's nature. And that was the second commandment that Jesus gave, to love others as you love yourself. Important. Our nature has to love something we're not used to. But in verse 27, it says this, Whatever happens, conduct, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of Christ, gospel of Christ. Then whenever I come to see you, I only hear about you in my absence. I will know that you stand firm in how many spirits? One spirit. Contending as how many? One man for the faith of the gospel. Without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign from them that they will be destroyed, but you will be saved. And that by God. Verse 29, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but to also suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle that I had and now here that I still have. Let's go down to chapter two real quick. And when I say any, you can amen this because it's true. If you have any encouragement. From being united in Christ. If you have any comfort from his love. If any fellowship with the spirit. If any tenderness and compassion. Then make my joy complete by being like minded. Having the same love. Being in one spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain concept. Conceit. Conceit. 
within all humanity, humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should not look only to your own interest, but the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as it is of Jesus Christ, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing to take on the very nature of a servant, being made in the human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that every name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God and the Father. Amen. Isn't that something to read on a regular are we one-minded? Are we one, one goal, one purpose? That's tough. That is very, very tough. Paul says it's possible. We got to build a little bend in, don't we? And I want to I read this last part, if you don't mind. And this is some thoughts that I had, and I want us to kind of close it out there. Just because um, it's a chore, it's a, it's a journey. That being changing something inside of you to be complete inside of Him is is uh, tough. I'm sorry, I failed so many times. But I, as you heard uh, Pastor Stevens say so many times about grace and mercy, grace and mercy. He's the biggest grace and mercy pastor I've ever seen. He believes in it, and I do too. We need to hear it a lot because a lot of times we condemn ourselves and not ask. Mm -hmm. We puff ourselves up as God don't know what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. But his grace and mercy does. He shows it through everything. And I want to leave us with three or a few examples, questions I have for you to take on. Think about, ponder about this week, ruminate, meditate, and whatever gets you by. Ask, Ask this question to yourself. Why did Jesus wash his disciples' feet? Why did he wash their feet? Why even go to a cross? How would you act? That's the question. How would you act? He blessed people, forgave them, gave his mom to a, to a man, gave his man to his mom, gave forgiveness. Would you have had that kind of nature to do that? I wouldn't because I'm not made in the, the bare representation, the nature of God. I'm Kemper. I was made to look forward to God, to bend myself to him. I want to close with this. I'll keep going, but I want to close with this. I know as we fellowship in the word, the Lord showed you scripture and brought to mind things and situations. I do want to remember salvation is free. Let's celebrate that. Celebrate your name is written. Um, But there's a cost. Guard your heart, your mind, your body, and your soul from you. This time we fellowship. Make this important. Make this important to the body. Make this important to you. 
You never know. There's somebody sitting here going through the same struggles you are. That's why we have man's night. That's why y'all have women's night. That's why we started 930. That's why they started overcomers. It's got nothing to do with anybody but him. You can't take one ounce of glory. You can't get puffed up and say anything. It's all to the glory of God. Amen. That's why he brings us together. He assembles us and gives us this opportunity to do these things. And that's why I encourage everybody, please come at 930 on, on Sunday mornings. We talk, we visit, we, we get in depth, we can do whatever. Uh, like I say, every now and then they'll tell me because you're not there, it got better. But I understand you can't. You might have kids getting them ready, this, that, and other. But make time to come. If you've got time, make time. Make yourself make time to come. I always tell my wife, I don't care if you go, I'm going to go. This is what I'm going to do because this is about me and making my will perform to his. When I say that, that means I'm sacrificing my time to go hear the good news, to be with my brothers and sisters, to have a laugh or two, to have some fun. To hear something I may never heard. And believe me, I've heard it in this church. I never heard it right there. So if you're not coming on Wednesday nights, I'm not going to say it any other way, but shame on you, you need to come. It's good. It's the best to me. But coming back to this and closing out, I appreciate you and I thank you so much. But more than anything is big message. Lots of thoughts. It's a long way to walk. This is one of them things you really have to go and just sit down and be with the Lord and work it out yourself. Try to start thinking of ways that your nature can bend to his. Please don't make it go the other way. You'll fall quickly. And that will be in, in uh, September. Pastor, you want to come on up and bless us with a prayer? Get us on a happy note. and Y'all uh, give the Lord a hand clap for Kemper. Amen. today. I tell you, as somebody who does it regular, I tell you, it's not easy to go to the Lord and, and spend that time. Give me a word for the folks. He hit on it, though, and I think I'm, I'm embarrassed now that I've never told you this. When, when you hear somebody share like that, try to find your one thing. You know, he said he does that when I speak. Marty tells me that it's a one thing. I, I got this one thing. When you come in, look for your one thing. You don't have to glean everything that they went over. You don't have to pick up everything that was put down. But are you picking one thing up? What's your one thing? And for me today, it was, you can, you can convince people, Right? You can try, you know, you can do well, and you can convince people that there's a change. But if you're going to convince yourself, who's with you all the time, who knows you like nobody else knows you, if you're going to yourself be convinced, listen, it's got to be real. It's got to be real life with him and from him. And for it to be that real, it can only come from him. You can't muster it up in yourself. You, 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 you can't uh, drum up enough enthusiasm or enough energy to convince yourself if it's not from him. And I thank God we were reading in Second Peter this morning. He has given us great and precious promises so that we might be partakers of the divine nature. 
so that we might sit down at the table that we weren't supposed to be invited to and partake of what only he can put down in front of us. And so if you're here today, we're, we're going we're gonna to pray and we're going to close. Andrew's going to come up, we're going to sing. But if you need prayer today, if, if, if you want to make something real between you and him, doesn't mean you never made it real before. It just means you want to you seal that word in your heart today. If there was a special grace on something that you heard today, that it landed in your heart, and God's already got it turning over and over, and you just want to seal that, you want somebody to pray with you, that's what I'm here for. I want to, I want to do that. I want to be part of that. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Thank you for Kemper. Thank you for his heart. Thank you that he went to you for us, uh, that he spent time with you when we were out doing other things uh, so that he could encourage us today out of you be multiplied. And I thank you, Lord, as we go out today that you've given us at least one thing to chew on. I thank you, Lord, that we've found it. We're holding it. We're taking it with us. And between you and us, we're going to think about it today. And tomorrow, and we're going to turn it over and we're going to see what you'll do as we meditate on your word, what change you would bring. Lord, because we see ourselves the way that we are. We, we, we may have been with you a long time. We're not yet where we want to be. And Lord, I thank you that we continue to come to your table, partaking of that divine nature, which only you can make available. I thank you for how good you are. I thank you that you are gracious and merciful to us. Lord, that you don't turn us away when we deserve to be turned away, but you call us close because you want to see us change more than we want to see ourselves change. You want to see us home even more than we want to see ourselves home. And God, I thank you that Kemper brought that out today, how big you are, and you put all that bigness into saving us. I thank you that in that we can trust you. Lord, as we get ready to go today, I thank you that we are in peace and unity with one another. I thank you that you protect us, keep us safe. Those are out from us today. Lord, I pray that you strengthen them and give them peace and bring them safely back to us. And as we go throughout all the things that we'll encounter this week, I thank you that you go before us. You shield our way. Lord, you, you, you stand beside us. You hold us up when we can't stand up on our own. And God, you even guard our backside so we don't have to worry about what's coming up from the past because you've already told it to step back. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love for us. And we thank you for the body of Christ in which you have invested many gifts for us to richly enjoy. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.